You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Influencers in Accounting podcast with me, Rob Brown. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers podcast network, five shows going out every week, I'm thrilled to have with me today an old friend and a true accounting influencer, Ed Kless. Good day, sir. Rob, always good to be with you. Ed, you've been on our shows many times. You've come up with some amazing things. I know you're big on the subscription economy, but we were just having a chat earlier. And uh, one of the things you're talking about a lot is innovation beyond technology. So let's dip into that today. Just first off real quick, tell our listeners that haven't come across you a little bit about your world. Sure. I have been working for Sage for, believe it or not, 18 years. Wow. That's a long time in this game. It, it is a long time in this game, uh, and but but love my work. I, I love working with the folks that I do, our accounting partners and influencers, as well as the folks who resell our software in the mid market. Well, I guess it's not resell anymore because we it's you know all uh, all deployed in the cloud. But but uh, but I lo- love working with those people. Love helping them make their businesses better. It's it's like I do one job and I get three times the benefit because I help Sage, I help our partners, and hopefully I help our customers too. Yeah, and you're not just in fintech. You're an entrepreneur at heart as well. Ed, you're always learning. You're always trying new things. Tell us a little about Verisage and the other things you're involved in outside Sage. Yeah, so Verisage is a think tank that was started by Ron Baker and uh, Dan Morris, as well as um, uh, Justin Barnett uh, back in, I guess, the late 1990s to really help the value pricing movement move forward. Uh, Ron Ron Baker always wanted to start a think tank, so he did. So that's that's the kind of guy Ron is. And Many, many of us, the fellows over there for the last 20 years, I guess, have been doing a lot of work with uh, with accountants, lawyers, uh, any of the professions that are trying to really kill the billable hour uh, because it's 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 terrible and uh, really the cancer of the professions. And you're a podcaster broadcaster yourself, aren't you? Yes, I've got two podcasts as well. One is the Sage Thought Leadership podcast that I do for Sage. And that's not quite five a week, Rob. I'm not sure how you guys are doing that, but it's it's twice a week. And then I also do a, a an hour long podcast with uh, with Ron Baker as well, called the Soul of Enterprise. Listen to it, great show, uh, Ed. What kind of shape is the accounting profession in right now? Do you feel there's a lot going on? There's always a lot going on, and 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 you know I, I think it's it's still struggling with relevancy. I mean I think that's the, that's the biggest thing right now is 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 folks are trying to figure out where exactly they fit. So much of technology has has taken over what used to be done. Um, and now folks have got to come up with with new and innovative ways to to serve their customer base. And some of them are. Um, I think there's the, especially the, the younger generation is really saying, OK, we've got to look at this differently than we have in the past. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I, it's, it's still a struggle, though. I think there's still a lot of things holding folks back, including, as I mentioned previously, if you're if you're billing by the hour still. Uh, that 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 is holding you back. It's a, it's a dead model. It's an absolutely dead model. And it's and it's. Um, a, a problem not only for you, but for your customers, because what you're basically saying when you bill by the hour is pay attention to my efficiency when the reality is what folks want from you is your effectiveness. And you can't buy effectiveness by the hour. I mean, if you think about it, if you had a, if you had a, a, a 
brain tumor, God forbid, would you want an efficient surgeon or an effective one? You want an effective one. And you really wouldn't care about the efficiency so much as did they, did they save your life? And I think that's the same thing is true for, for any professional is that's what they want. But when you bill by the hour, you're, you're pointing to them and saying, don't worry about how effective I am, worry about how efficient I am. And you wouldn't want your brain surgeon, for instance, billing you by the hour, would you? No, no. No, and it's basically with a brain surgeon is, you know, if you save my life, I'll pay your outrageous bill. Well, as someone that's had brain surgery and a stroke, I, I, I can totally relate to that. And so, yeah, the billable hour, we know accountants need to change. Would we even go so far, Ed, as to say accountancy has an image problem? We hear about the great resignation, people recalibrating in their lives, looking at whether accountancy is still relevant for them as a career choice. And although the great resignation hits many sectors, we felt it acutely in accounting where firms are complaining constantly about how hard it is to recalibrate and recruit good talent. So yeah, do we have an image problem? But here's the numbers I have in the States. There's never been more accounting graduates than now than in the United States. There are more people graduating with accounting degrees, but they're not going into public accounting. They're going into other things. Um, and that's the issue. And, and you know, I hate to sound like a, you know, if, if, if all you've got is a hammer, everything's a nail, but part of it is tracking your time. I mean, what, who, want, who wants to go someplace where you have to track every six minutes of your day? It's, it's a miserable existence. Um, and there's other more exciting things to do. You can make far more money as a as a controller or a CFO of a company and 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 feel like you're making a difference. Um, and I think that that's 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 the big issue. One of the arguments leveled at accounting professionals generally is their inability or unwillingness to innovate, to change. Now, they've shown a little bit more agility throughout pandemic than we would perhaps have given them credit for. But you talk about innovation a lot, Ed. What does that word mean to your average CPA or accountant? It usually means for, for most people, it's, it's something is it's innovating around a technology. Do you think the latest app, Apple release from Apple or, or some, some new piece of software or app? And it's certainly all those things certainly qualify as innovation, but I don't think it has to be that. I think innovation is really, um, as one of your fellow countrymen put it in his book, Matt, Matt Ridley says, innovation is when ideas have sex. Okay. Um, and if you think about it, you're just taking two disparate things and putting them together. I have a slide in, in the presentation I do on innovation. It's a, it's, a, it's a skateboard and a stroller stuck together, right? And it's like this, you know, the, this woman's pushing the stroller with, the, with the kid, one kid in it and the other kid up on the platform and the stroller next to it. And I think it's, this is a great idea uh, about innovation. I would have had a much better relationship with my son, you know, because he was always hanging on the stroller, you know, like stop uh, when I was pushing his sister around. But this is the, 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 the kind of thing that I, I don't think people recognize that it's just small things like that that can be really fantastic. Another great one um, is, the, is the idea of, of making a, um, your antibiotic pills two different colors and saying to the person who's taking them, take the six white pills and then the blue pill, even if the pills are all the same. And the reason for that is because it's what's called chunking. It's when we break something down into a two-step process, it's more likely that we'll complete the two-step process. And, you know, what's happening with a lot of people is they're taking the antibiotic for three days, they're feeling better, and then they're putting the other four pills in the drawer. And, of course, what's, what that's doing is creating these superbugs that, that you know, because, you yes, you get well ultimately, but the, 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 the bacteria that you don't knock out because you didn't complete the course of antibiotic are stronger, and then you pass those stronger ones on to the next person, right? So just these small little ideas that say that, that around the idea of chunking, when you, when you assign a task to someone, either inside your firm or even with your customer, break it into a two-step process, even though it's artificial. 
it's just more likely that they'll complete it when you do that. Do this, then that. For some reason, our brain just picks up on that and it tends to happen. It's They're great examples. And from what I know about habit theory, it is trigger or cue and then action and then maybe more trigger. So we're asking accountants to think a little bit more creatively. Not that I want to put the word creative next to accountant for a lot of reasons, but uh, if they are going to stay relevant and stay current, then they need to modify what they are doing to relate to their clients and the change in technology. Innovative accounting is illegal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but we can still innovate around the business model, the delivery, the packaging. We can innovate around the way we price stuff and 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 just and and deliver and even behave. And one of the things that I think we can innovate around is the, is just the language that we use. You know, I, 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 you mentioned the whole notion of, uh, of subscription pricing earlier in the, in the introduction. Um, and I, I want to say, you know, one of the things that you can innovate around is changing the term you use to call the people that you serve from clients to members. Wow. Yeah. Well, what are they members of? They're members of your club. They're members. And, and, and that changes your mindset. So just small shifts in language sometimes can be the thing that, that, that uh, spurs on innovation. And the community movement is really growing. If you get people to be members of something, a tribe, a community, they then start to talk to each other. So you're not just the conduit there. They start to have conversations and that creates stickiness and loyalty, doesn't it? It sure does. I mean, and, and why wouldn't you want your members, your, what you used to call clients, talking to one another and and sharing ideas? You, the the one of the, the most valuable things that we have in this world is our social capital, right? The, the the people that we know and the connections that we make and how how we can sometimes put those things together. Even there's a strength in weak connections. There's a, a you know, hey, I, I know this person who might be able to help you and, and getting those folks together, even if it's not a strong connection that you have, you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you can be the person who has the ideas of, of making the connection of putting two people together who wouldn't have known one another but for your your influence. And you and Ron Baker have been on the crusade with Killing the Billable Hour for many years now. We don't see massive shifts in the accounting profession. What would you say to the accusation of the profession, Ed, that they don't do anything different unless they're mandated by law to do so? It's it's sad but true, but well, but it's not always true. And I think that's what's what we're start, starting to see happen. Those that are willing to change and are willing to innovate are starting to eat the lunch of the others that haven't, <laughs> that aren't innovating. So I, I think that's a, that's an important point. You know, what one of the the quotes that I that we talk about in, in when we talk about subscription is from from Teen So, who says, "In in five years, you're going to be able to you're, you're going to subscribe to everything." And I don't know if that's necessarily true. In fact, I know it's not true from the fact that he said that more than five years ago at this point, because his book, his book came out. Could be prophetic, though. Ed. Yeah, but Ann, but Ann Genzer wrote a book called Subscription uh, Subscription Marketing. And she said, it's not that you'll be, you're going to subscribe to everything. It's you'll have the option of subscribing to everything. Because every business is going to have a competitor that is going to have some kind of offering that allows for subscription. So you're going to have to take that into account regardless. Even if you are not changing your pricing, you're going to have to take into account that others are. And, and I think that's a good thing. You've been on a previous show to talk about the subscription economy, Ed, and you mentioned there's some examples of you buy a car. It's no longer a transaction. You are becoming part of a movement. Just unpack that a little bit again for us, and we'll put the link to that in our show notes. Yeah, it, well, it, I mean, it's beyond that. It's, it's just the, the car. I subscribe to a sausage. 
I subscribe to, uh, but what I really subscribe to is Friday nights out on my back patio with a nice glass of wine and a uh, charcuterie board with my wife. That's what I subscribe to. They don't have to. And and the thing is, is what we have to, to recognize is what is it that, that you want your customers ultimately to buy from you? What is that? What, what are they buying from you? And for accountants, I think the, the answer is ultimately some form of peace of mind. That's what they're buying. They're buying peace of mind. They're not buying a financial statement. They're not buying a, a tax return. They're buying peace of mind. And when, once you recognize that that's what they're after, you have to create the offering that surrounds that. And as Disney would put it, you have to keep plussing your offering. What are you adding to it? You know, D- Disney didn't, didn't, didn't run an amusement park. He ran a theme park. He didn't have rides. He had attractions. See, there's those language changes again. He changed the language that people use. You, you know, it took me a while to realize when, when I went, first time when I went to downtown Disney in, in Orlando, that downtown Disney is a mall. That's all it is. <laughs> but it's not a mall. It's downtown Disney. Um, and anyway, back to, sorry, I got off track there. But the, the whole notion of, of, of subscribing to stuff, because you're subscribing to experiences. Fender Guitar has had over a million people subscribe to it during the, the pandemic because what Fender realized that they were selling was not guitars, but what they call Fender Play, but musicianship. They were subscribing, teaching people how to learn the guitar and continuing to challenge them after they learn. Because, you know, Fender's problem was is people would go out, buy a guitar, play it for a while. Then they try to learn how to play an F chord, which is like impossible. Uh, and then once once they can't play the F chord, they put it in the in the in the closet for a couple of years until their nephew comes along and says, uh, "You have a guitar." And then so Fender's losing the sale to the nephew, got it, <laughs> who does the same thing, can't play the F chord and puts it in his you know <laughs> his uh, his closet. Um, so what they realized is that they were they were not selling guitars but musicianship, and as a result, their their Fender Play subscription service has just absolutely exploded. And what you're hinting at here is what we call the experience generation. Uh, these millennials now, they want an experience. So sports bars, I've heard, particularly in the US, are morphing from the traditional come in, watch a game, celebrate your team, buy a beer, get some food, to come in and hit a few golf balls. Come in, play a little bit of pickleball. It's moved beyond the pool table and the darts board to come in and do something and play a game, play a bit of five-a-side soccer and then have your eating and drinking afterwards if you want to. But they're turning that uh, spectator sport into a doing thing, an activity thing. That creates an experience that people video on their smartphones and it becomes something, something they talk about afterwards. Yeah, because it's beyond just even the experience. In a, in, a, in a subscription, what you're really selling is transformation. You're changing the person. You're actually changing the person, changing who they are. So the experiences, I mean, uh, Pine and Gilmore talk about this in their experience economy way back, you know, 35 years ago. Um, and, and they say that, that because they were asked what comes after experiences and their response to it was transformations, that what you're selling is transformations. But accountants are saying, well, wait a minute, it's okay for Fender or it's okay for Tesla or it's okay for a sports bar. We are public accountants. We produce balance sheets and audits and everything else. So how does this relate to them in in innovating beyond the tech and creating experiences? Ed? Is that even doable? It has to be because, you know, a guy by the name of Jeff Bezos put 400 million, I think, million dollars into a thing called Pilot. So you're now competing with Amazon. Is Amazon going to improve that experience? Yes, they are. I mean, it's not Amazon directly. It's Jeff Bezos, but he's he's involved. 
So, I mean, this, this one of the questions that Ron and I asked last week at, at our session that we did for Professional Pricing Society on subscription is, is, what if Disney went into your business? Wow. What if Disney created an accounting firm? It would be a hell of a lot more fun, wouldn't it? You're not going to go from zero to Disney in one week. I'm, we're not, we don't think that that's, that's realistic. But, but learn from Walt, and I, I mentioned it before, this idea of plussing. What are you doing to plus your offering? What are you doing that, that is creating an enhancement each and every time that you're interacting with a customer? Just plus something, uh, one, something one month, the next month. Add something to the experience. Um, you know, a uh, uh, quick example. It, it, I, mo, mo, I, I assume this is true in, in, in the UK as well. Um, you know, you have you, you, you have all of the, the names and birthdays of all of the people that, that you serve because you have to fill it out for the tax return, <laughs> right? So because you have that information, first of all, make sure that you're, you're celebrating people's birthday. Put it in a big database and make sure you're sending, and including their kids, by the way. And as, 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 one, as you know that their kids are about to turn an age where they're going to go on to higher education, maybe you can help structure that for them. And be proactive about going out to them and saying, hey, listen, I know, you know, Jeff is about to, to, to go on to university. Maybe there's something we can do to change to help you make that happen. And plus the experience rather than waiting for them to come to you and say, you know, my son's going to college this year. I could use your help. No, it should be the other way around. You should be the ones going out to them. You're making accountants proactive here, Ed, and they're all sitting uncomfortably because they're complacent with an elegant monthly recurring fee business model. Many accounting firms have grown throughout the pandemic without doing very much at all. So the incentive to change is perhaps not as big as we'd like it to be. But then irrelevance, I guess, is the biggest incentive if you don't change. That which kills you does not look like you. <laughs> so the thing that's going to, 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 to be a problem for the accounting firms maybe isn't an accounting firm. Maybe it's Bezos and, and Pilot, you know, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your bank that, that's going to start offering these transaction services and do this stuff in the background because they have all of the information as well. And you're right, saying your competition is everywhere. You walk into a hotel and get a great experience with the service and the welcome. You're going to compare that to walking into an accounting firm's lobby and seeing how they treat you. So this is brilliant. Uh, just in closing, a few words of encouragement or inspiration to our accounting practitioners all over the world. What do they need to do or even just think about to stay relevant and competitive in today's crazy world? Just just be just begin to think about changing. And it can be something as simple as just the language that you use, as I mentioned earlier. You know, there's the, the famous quote from Archimedes, you know, if I had a big enough lever, I can I can move the world. It's it's a it's a matter of 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 where you put that lever. Like and so so make sure that you're you're doing things that are, are, are important to you. And, and language changes would be my suggestion because they, although they seem to be small, they change the mindset. Even the plus one for me, that that's a real game changer. And just what extra can we do that's low value mm -hmm. that creates any kind of experience? You've got something a little bit different. Yep, absolutely. Well, Ed Class, world-class and inspirational as always. Thanks so much for your time and your passion. My pleasure, Rob. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Sponsored.